The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. One problem facing people at many levels of business is how to make time for a work life and a personal life. Do you find that one seems to keep getting in the way of the other? This is the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Even if you're not involved in the business world, you'll have a lot to gain by tuning in to today's show. Now, here is your host, Rick Morris. And good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another Friday edition of the Work-Life Balance. Uh, This is Rick Morris, and uh, today we're going to be discussing a pretty personal topic to me. Uh, Last week, I was able to attend a, a training session, become a certified John Maxwell speaker, uh, trainer and coach, and uh, really went uh, because I, I was very, very interested in the speaker side. Obviously, I've got the radio show. I've been doing professional speaking for several years now. I've got my books that are out. Wanted to explore some more of the uh, content side and leadership side that John Maxwell has to offer, and so I went uh, to attain really more, you know, focused on that speaker track. And uh, went to a three-day live uh, event that was certification with John Maxwell and his team of mentors and was completely blown away. Had no idea what I was getting myself into in a good way. And uh, really, it took me a few days to even process everything that had happened. So I wanted to do a show that was personal based on that experience. Wanted to do a show uh, about some specific things that I learned. Uh, also wanted to give some nuggets of information that that we had learned throughout that experience. Thought that would be a good thing to share with you guys, and that that's what we're planning on doing today. So we're not going to have a guest today. It's just me. You're saddled with me today on a Friday, sharing some of my personal stories and discussing what I'd learned from John. You know, the biggest thing about John Maxwell is you know he's written 102 books. Excuse me. He's he's one of the most dynamic speakers I think I've ever met. But he's so personable. And he's, you know, I got a chance to meet him. If you look at my Twitter profile, if you look at my Facebook profile, I posted the pictures that uh, we had taken together. Um, but he's one of the most gracious people I think I've ever met. And, he, and he's so down to earth. And, and one of the things that, um, you know, I strive for in my speaking career and, and, and as we speak, and, and I got a chance to, to see some of that this past week, um, is staying down to earth in our, our delivery style. You know, I, I, as a personal story of why I even started doing this several years ago, I was a vice president of programs for the Project Management Institute of Birmingham chapter, and we had brought in a very you know nationally and even world-renowned speaker, and I knew what we were paying them, and I watched this person essentially for eight hours just preach at us, just you know tell us everything to do, and everything was basically do it because I said so, and as a young project manager that didn't have any authority, I remember raising my hand and asking this person, I was like, what was your last position? You know, what was your 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 last held position at a company, and he was a senior uh, manager at a very, very large Fortune 100 company. And I said, well, of course. I mean, that, that's why you're kind of talking to us the way you are, is, is you're used to just kind of snapping your fingers and people going after what you're doing. 
But as a young manager that doesn't have any influence really yet and, and doesn't have any really direct reports or things like that, how do I influence people and how do I get people and, and really lead people um, with a, a, when I don't have that authority base, when I, when I don't have the title that comes with that? And it's so amazing because that's really what leadership is. Leadership is getting people to follow you because they want to follow you, not because they have to follow you. And I've always read Maxwell's books, and, and certainly if, if you've read, most people have read 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, but the latest book that's come out is Intentional Living. And this book will change your life if, if, if you really read it and read it for its, its intentions of, of the way you read it. But you know, as I watch this guy kind of preach at us, you know, I've also seen a ton of speaker styles that way. So being blessed as a speaker and being able to do that professionally over the last several years, I get to attend all these different symposiums. And as I go to these symposiums, you can tell the speakers that have been doing it for, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 years. And you can tell the speakers that have been doing it a year or two. And again, it's about style. And that style has to do with being able to connect with an audience, being able to be vulnerable in front of an audience, being able to tell personal stories. And I got to watch the master of all masters do that for, for several days in a row. And, and John told stories of, you know, one of the, my, my favorite stories that he told was about his, his first speech when, when he was coming out a, as a young pastor. And, and his first speech was 55 minutes long, he said. He, he was very, very long, and he said it was very, very bad. And, um, you know, we all talk about where we start and where we begin and, and all the different trials and tribulations of, of any type of career and that we all have to grow and, and do that. But I love when you hear somebody at the top of their game share stories of, of failure and, and what they've done with that. And John did a lot of that. So in, in spirit of, of that conference that I went to and, and all of that, I wanted to make sure that I, I shared some of this stuff with you. And so a couple of the big remarks that he had made, um, and I, I mean, I'll tell you, he hit me right across the forehead, almost, I mean, almost the first note that I wrote down. Uh, we, we got a chance to, uh, attend an interactive session where it's basically just three or four hours or several of us in the room we just got to ask questions of John and somebody asked him you know what makes a great leader and, and so John I think for the seventh year in a row was named the number one leadership guru in the world and and he'll even tell you he doesn't even know what that means <laughs> but uh, one of the first things that he said is you know leaders can see things well before they, they can see before and more what others see. But the, the thing that really hit me is he said, you know, the answer for tomorrow will be given by a leader today. And I thought that was so profound. I mean, if you really think about that, you know, if you look at some of my stuff, and, and we'll talk about um, a little bit in the last segment, my no day but today uh, mentality and, and motivational series and things that we're putting together. But people say, you know, you can't deal with tomorrow really. Because it's not here, and you should forget about yesterday because it's gone. So all you have is today. And even though that that's a philosophy, the answers for tomorrow is going to be given by a leader today. Somebody today is going to come up with an answer that's going to revolutionize tomorrow. And who is that going to be? And how are you going to do that? So leaders are constantly thinking forward, which means they're planning. And as a project manager, that, that makes me very excited because planning is where it's at. You know, if we don't plan and if we're not executing towards a plan, then all we're doing is, is just kind of taking it ad hoc. 
And if we're taking it ad hoc, then we, we have no idea what's coming the next day. And so then all we're doing is reactionary, which led to another quote that he said. He says, if you, if, if you are doing front-end thinking, front-end thinking is 10 to 1 more valuable than back-end thinking. If you take a second or a minute or 10 minutes or an hour and you think forward and you plan and you are deliberate in, in to his book, you're intentional in your actions and in how you value, then that is 10 to 1 more valuable than being reactionary to a situation. Because if you're reactionary, you're always working from behind. If you're front-end thinking or if you're forward thinking, then you're well ahead of the curve. Even if you're wrong. I mean, think about it. Even if you, you look at it and you go, well, that didn't work, so let's go to plan B. But hopefully you have a plan B. And that's the point of great leadership is it doesn't mean we're not going to fail. It doesn't mean we're not going to make mistakes. It doesn't mean that things aren't going to happen. The thing is, is that we had a plan and that we tried to execute it to the best of our ability. And, and the greatest thing that we can do is then learn from that and then go to the next plan. But that doesn't mean we abandon all thought or abandon all plans and just say, all right, let's wing it from here. Uh, because that's, that's the greatest uh, sign of failure. As a matter of fact, they, they tied that together with a, another quote um, from Carl Jung, and, and we'll get into Christian Simpson and some of his thinking too, but Carl Jung had a great quote out there. It says, until the, the uh, unconscious becomes conscious, you will, it will, I'm sorry, until the unconscious becomes conscious, it will rule your life and you will call it fate. And so if you think about that, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will rule your life. And you will call it fate. It's a pretty profound quote. And so what they're saying here, and when they start talking about planning and everything else, as I started putting all this stuff together, and I know it sounds a little bit spaghetti at the moment for you, but I promise I'm tying it all together. As you start to tie all of these different thoughts together, as they're starting to, to, to lead us down this path, in, in one of the sessions they're teaching us is that you know, all the answers that you're looking for within you. You know, sometimes you need a great coach or a great uh, a mentor to help pull those answers out of you, but they're there, which means all you need is within you. And from there, with some forward thought and forward planning, then you can put that plan together to help you succeed in any case, in any way that you're looking for. And if you do it intentionally, you live it intentionally, then what's stopping you from becoming that leader that's going to provide the answer that gives us that better tomorrow? And so when you start hearing these things and, and they start talking about the realm of, realm of possibilities and the possibilities that are endless within you and the possibilities that are endless within all of us and collectively as a team, then, I mean, your, your head just starts spinning. And and you know the wheels are turning and it, it was amazing because you know I was in, I was in a room with with literally nine thousand people that all have similar hopes and dreams. The one thing the one thing that we had in all all in common is we wanted to be better. We wanted to be better people. We wanted to be better at our, our at our professions. We wanted to be better at intentional living. We wanted to be better, you know, coaches, speakers, trainers, whatever. But we all had the same dream is that we wanted to be better today than we were yesterday. 
And so when you're getting mentorship and, and training and hearing from the likes of John Maxwell and people like this, it creates this, this incredible, powerful energy that starts to transpire through the room that is just unmatchable. And then you start to network with these people and find out who they are and hear their stories and, and see where you are and, and, and start to look within. Um, it, can, it can very well be overwhelming, which it was for me. So that's just a little bit of a taste of what we're going to talk about today. When we come back from the next segment, I want to share uh, a couple of the other nuggets that we heard from John Maxwell. I'm also going to share um, what I heard for, uh, from my mentors now and, and people I, I get to say now are my mentors, uh, Roddy Galbraith and uh, uh, Christian Simpson. And uh, then we'll start talking about a little bit of our No Day But Today uh, platform that's going to be something that we're rolling out personally. Um, so I hope that you'll stay with us and enjoy what I learned from John Maxwell you're listening to the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. Today, every business is in the software business. And business is booming. That's because we live in an application-driven world where the lines between physical and digital are blurrier every day. It's a world where billions of connected things talk to each other. Where agility is the new driver of competitive advantage where applications aren't just part of your brand, they are your brand. All of this means you have a new mandate. Build the apps that will drive the future of your business and satisfy demanding customers, or fall behind. Only CA Technologies has the years of expertise and the end-to-end portfolio of software solutions to help you plan, build, manage, secure, and scale the applications at the heart of your modern enterprise. To learn how your business can thrive, Visit rewrite.ca.com, your exclusive source for insights from the cutting edge of the application economy. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. 
And welcome back, everybody, to this Good Friday edition of the Work-Life Balance. And apropos, we are talking about what I learned from John Maxwell in the certification training that I took last week. Uh, one of the coolest things uh, was, again, just, just watching John work his magic, listening to him, being enthralled by him because he has a way of, of just sucking you into his world immediately and you just buy in whatever he's selling right away. And one of the, the, the neat stories that, that he told and something that, that I immediately applied um, it, it is amazing, right? I, don't, I was only trained a week ago. I've probably applied seven or eight of these lessons already and have seen an immediate impact uh, into my business. Um, he was talking about a, a quote that he, he remembered from Earl Nightingale. It says, you know, if, if you could spend one hour a day every day for five years, you could be an expert really at anything. And he had decided that he was going to be an expert at leadership. And so he was studying an hour every day uh, on leadership. And, you know, for a year, he was like, you know, when am I going to be an expert? When am I going to be an expert? And, you know, two years goes by. When am I going to be an expert? When am I going to be an expert? And after about three years, he stopped asking the question of when can he be, you know, when is it that he's going to be an expert and started asking a different question. And, and I started using this already in my business, especially in project management. So for my project management peers out there that are listening, listen, listen to what he said because it was profound to me. He said he stopped asking how long will it take for him to become an expert. So instead of going, how long is this going to take? How long is this going to take? He started asking the question, how far can I go? And that, that really hit me. Because, you know, I work with a lot of organizations in developing project management offices. I work with a lot of organizations implementing project portfolio management software. And that's the first question I get all the time is, hey, how quickly can we be up? How fast is it going to take to get us in? How fast can we install this software? And when you're looking at something as complex as project portfolio management software, man, I mean, I can get you up and running in four to six weeks. But that's just the basics. That's just getting you know projects in. That's getting the resources in. We start time tracking. We can start the basics. But when you're doing something like project management office or you're doing project portfolio management, it's not about how quickly we can stand the software up. It's about how far we can take you. And so I already used that. I mean, I literally used that. I think the day I heard it, I had a sales call that afternoon with a client. And I said, you know, certainly we can get you up in six weeks, but it's not about how fast we can do it. It's about how far we can take you if we follow these methodologies and believe in these principles. And I mean, you, you could just hear a pin drop. It was amazing. But think about that. What a, what a great way to not only look at goal setting, but your approach at life itself. How long until I can retire? How long until I have the bank account? How long until I can get that promotion? How long until I can do all the... We, 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 we time-base everything, don't we? It's how, how long can I until do? How long until this is over? How long until... Versus how far can we take it? How far can we take that relationship? How far can we take that knowledge base? How far can we grow in this profession? How good can we really be? And I really, really valued that that quote. I mean, if I got nothing else out of that training, that quote alone was profound to me. And then he followed that up with says, you know, you know that you're really mature when you fall more in love with the growth that you're getting than the goals that you're setting. And again, you know, 
you just sit there and it's like, and he does it on purpose. And we found out through Roddy Galbraith, and we'll talk about Roddy in the next segment. But every six minutes, you get punched in the mouth in 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 introspection with John Maxwell. He just keeps throwing nugget after nugget after nugget of things that just make you want to think and want to look and want to provide and want to understand what it is that you're doing with your life and your career and where you're going personally. But think about it's so again, putting that together is not how long will it take, but how far can I go? And that you're mature based on growing versus achieving your goals. Right? When you fall in love with growth, when you fall in love with learning every single day. And then intentional living, he has the 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 final quote that really tied it all together for me as part of this whole learning process. Everything worthwhile is uphill. So nothing comes easy. There's no get-rich-quick scheme out there. There's no way to build a business in, in six weeks. There's no package you buy off the internet and instantly lose weight. There's nothing that you really need to go work for that isn't uphill. Life is uphill. Worth is uphill. Wealth is uphill. Everything that you want to achieve is uphill. It takes work, dedication, discipline, the desire, all of those other things. The problem with that is, and as John Maxwell says, is that too many of us have downhill habits. And see, I, you know, it's funny because I've had all these quotes of my own for so long out there that parallel. We talk about no day but today. And again, you know, it's a motivational series that I've been building in my head for several years. And we'll talk about my, my mea culpa that, that I ran into with John Maxwell in the last segment today. But, you know, I always say tomorrow's the greatest day because th- that's always the day that, that we decide we're going to do everything. But then it's always tomorrow. You know, tomorrow you're going to start that new workout routine. And tomorrow I'm going to start that diet. And tomorrow I'm going to start this new thing. Why not today? Because tomorrow sounds better. It's like, all right, tomorrow, man, I'm going to set up that alarm. I'm going to get up early. I'm going to do 50 sit-ups because I'm going to start my new workout routine. And then what happens? Tomorrow happens, that, that alarm goes off, and we hit the snooze. But we can't hit the snooze button throughout our entire lives because we need to change those downhill habits if we're going to work uphill in order to attain the growth that we so desire. So we talk about Everything in life is uphill, but we have downhill habits. What an amazing way to think about it. What an amazing way to, to, to pull all of that stuff together. So it's not about how long will it take. It's about how far you can go. And recognizing that things are going uphill, we've really got to work towards it. And then, we then when we're working uphill, we're challenging our belief system. And when you're challenging your belief system, your beliefs drive your behaviors. And there was another person there, and he actually runs the John Maxwell team, and his name's Paul Martinelli. And his, his story and his speech in, in his mentorship side is, is amazing. I mean, this guy was a, was a high school dropout. He was a janitor for 18 years. It's not your typical success story that's sitting up there. He talked about how he stuttered, how he's bullied in school. Um, and, 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 you know, it was just – it was not your typical – high-level executive upbringing for a guy who's standing in front of of 10,000 leadership experts or people who are attaining to become leadership experts. 
wasn't your typical story, but it was so moving. And so he's talking about how beliefs drive behaviors. And so he told a fantastic story, and I think it's actually fitting for the time frame that we're in right now. He talked about if you don't believe that your beliefs drive behaviors, think about what's going on this weekend. When you were five years old, six years old, you used to believe that an Easter bunny, that a physical bunny would break into your home, leave all the candy that you liked in your house for you to find. So what would happen, man? When you're five years old, six years old, man, you were up at the crack of dawn searching, looking, going to find this magical bunny's gifts. But once you found out, and pardon me if if you guys don't know this yet, but the Easter bunny isn't real. Once you found that fact out, that the Easter bunny wasn't real, your behavior changed. Your behavior changed because you wouldn't get up at six in the morning. So you only get up for sunrise service and, and, you know, when your parents made you. But if you're a teenager and you didn't attend a service like that, man, you wouldn't get up, you know, past noon as he said it. So tell me that your beliefs don't drive your behaviors. So as you have these uphill moments with downhill beliefs is really what it is and downhill behaviors, you're challenging your belief system. You're in an inner struggle for what you say you want to be and what you do. And that's a huge difference because everybody can talk the talk, but can you walk the walk? Everybody can say, oh, I'm going to be this person or I'm going to be that person or I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. But really doing something and committing and going after it, right? That's changing a belief system. That's going after a belief system. That's how you really start to attain a lot of this stuff. And and it has to do everything at all with your values, If you truly value what you say you value, then your behaviors are going to follow your beliefs. Which brings me to my final point of this segment. I've watched so many speakers try to get up there and drive a point home that has fallen flat. And the reason being is they're saying what they think the audience wants to hear, but they don't believe it with conviction. The reason why they don't believe it with conviction is because they don't follow that practice themselves. And so the final point that I had heard that that really meant a lot to me is you can't give what you don't have. You can't give what you don't have. So these people that are trying to be these exemplary leaders and these exemplary examples in a professional life, but their personal life is in shambles. It, 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 it's it's got to, you, you got to have that balance. You got to have that work-life balance. It's exactly why I named the show the way I named it, is that you've got to be able to somehow focus and keep everything in check so that my beliefs are there, which then can drive my behaviors, which then can tie into my growth which then can attain that success that I'm looking for. And actually that led me to the final thing I'll leave you with in this segment. If we're really trying to drive towards a happiness quotient, what is happiness? John Maxwell says success isn't happiness. 
I've met so many people that have got all the money in the world, houses, cars, all that kind of stuff, and they're miserable people to hang out with. I can promise you that. They're just miserable to be around. Success, money, wealth, all these things that you're, you're setting your goals for that you think you're trying to achieve, that doesn't bring happiness. What does bring happiness is significance. Significance. And you attain that through value in people, value and belief in yourself, value and belief in your behaviors. So I'm going to let that sink in for a little bit. You guys come back with me. We'll do another segment. We'll talk about what we learned from Christian and and from Roddy. And you're listening to the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. This is not a radio ad. It's a collection of computers, servers, transmitters, satellites, and receivers, all powered by the most transformative force in business today, software. Just think about how many applications you have within reach at this very moment. And not just on your phone. If you're in your car, software is powering the GPS that guides you. Turn left ahead. The digital road signs that direct you onward. And the engine computer that keeps you moving. Soon, software will even replace you as the driver. Switching to auto drive mode. This is life in the application economy. And the opportunities for businesses are endless. But only if you have the tools to seize them. From planning to development to management to security, end-to-end software solutions from CA Technologies can help your business succeed in this new application-driven world. Learn how at rewrite.ca.com. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the work-life balance. And we're back. We're discussing what I learned from John Maxwell and the certification training that I took last week. Uh, And so far, everything that I've shared with you is is what I expected. You know, all of these things, there, there were some profound moments 
uh, some great things, some things that certainly challenged my beliefs and behaviors and, and things of that sort. And um, that was what I was expecting. Let's get to what I wasn't expecting. So there were some other people that had popped up on stage, uh, first one being Roddy Galbraith. And, and so, again, I was going to be to, to become a certified speaker uh, on John Maxwell's uh, material and certainly to learn from John. Uh, and then there's this value of what they call the mentorship program. And uh, it was something that, that I didn't anticipate um, learning about it, nor joining, which, which I did almost literally on the spot. Uh, Roddy Galbraith is, is, uh, does training in speaking. And I've been speaking again eight, nine years now and, and have built a pretty successful following. Not that uh, I'm certainly open to learning. I'm, I'm a sponge. I, I love to learn. I love to grow. Uh, but I've seen other people try to teach speaking, and, and sometimes it's pretty hokey, and sometimes you know there's these weird tricks that they try to do, and, and, and a lot of it has to do around audience manipulation and, and things of that sort. And I'm not really a big fan of those types of techniques, you know, because again, I want to remain very down to earth. I want to remain very uh, focused on on what's going on with the audience and and the way Roddy came out, um, they talked about charting an audience, though, and charting a speech. And it was something I'd never thought of or, or heard of. And, and as I started to look at the way I had put speeches together, I realized that I spent a lot of energy in the beginning of the speech and the end of the speech, but I had huge lulls in the middle. And uh, based on what he was talking about and some of the things that he put together and charting a speech, um, really paying attention to the payoff moments and really paying attention to more personal stories and and how you do your personal stories, um, how long they are, um, how tailored they are to the content. Uh, it, it made so much sense. It was like light bulbs going off. And it, it kind of freaked me out a little bit because it's, you know, it's Tuesday that I'm hearing this and uh, I have a speech coming up literally in exactly a week in, in South Carolina. So, this past week, I had the ability to speak to to a group in Greenville, South Carolina, and apply a lot of the lessons that I had already learned from Roddy, and, and I could feel the energy in the room. I could feel the difference in the audience um, as I gave that speech. I, I, it was the same content that I've done. You know, I, I'd given that same speech probably 30 different times, but I just I did it in a different format and a different flow. Um, I changed when I told certain stories and, and, and jokes. Um, and, and just flip some of the content around in, in so that I could keep the audience engaged for, you know, it was a 90-minute speech. So it's tough to keep people engaged and going for 90 minutes. Uh, but I could just feel the difference in the energy of the audience. And so I couldn't thank uh, Roddy enough uh, for, for the things that he shared with us. The next step that we got into uh, was with Christian Simpson. And Christian is a, a, a coaching expert, coaching um not only expert, but an expert in training coaches. And I really wasn't that interested going into this and in, in, in exploring the whole coaching side. In a little bit about my career, I've always been one of the youngest executives, you know, in the room. I I, I had a great career and was very blessed and lucky to move up the chain quite quite quickly in a lot of my uh, engagements. But I also had this knack for what we call the career limiting move. Um, because of my youth and my exuberance at times and inexperience. And this this was probably the most uh, introspective or even shattering uh, to my confidence, but the rebuilding of my confidence at the same time as we went through this section. 
and it had to do with coaching. And in, in, in so many times, you know, what, what they did is is they 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 paired us up. And they they put us into partners and, and had us teach each other how to juggle, which you know seems kind of silly in a way. But they were proving a point about how we coach and how you're supposed to coach somebody. And it's amazing how 85% of us in the room were telling the person how to juggle. And I certainly was. I'll admit it. I was, you know, I had a, a great guy, a partner that was sitting at the table with me for the three days. And I, and this guy has far more education than I do. And I'm sitting there going, no, 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 throw it this way. No, 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 throw it higher. No, you got to catch it this way. I'm, I'm literally telling this guy how to juggle like I'm some clown expert that knows how to do this. And um, I'm directing. And one of the quotes that, that Christian says is when you're directing and when you're telling somebody how to do something, that's not influencing somebody. It's manipulating them. And, and at first, I was like, what? what? No, I mean, I'm helping. You know, what, what do you mean I'm manipulating them? I'm helping them. I'm doing my best. You know, I'm, I'm telling them the answer. I'm giving them information and education and things that they don't know. How, how could that possibly be detrimental to them? And, and what, he, what he says, um, first of all, he, he says, influence is not making someone conscious of my truth. Um, or he says, influence is not making someone conscious of my truth. It's making them conscious of their own. Which I thought, wow, okay. Now I hear what you're saying. Now I'm starting to get what you're, what you're talking about. And he says, you know, again, the, the answer should always come from the individual. He said, if I direct them, if I tell them the answer, if I give them the answer right away, then I'm denying them the opportunity to think. I'm denying them the opportunity to figure it out themselves. And so while I may give them the short-term gain of the answer, I, I rob them the opportunity of the, the long-term gain of personal growth. And that was pretty profound. That was something that, that, that I wasn't really expecting. And he followed that up you know, with a, a pretty funny quote from George Bernard Shaw. He said, you know, George said that the 2% of the people think – 3% of the people think they think, and 95% of the people would rather die than think. But the point of it is, is that everybody just wants the answer. They want the quick out. They want the quick win. But we're denying them the opportunity of growth by simply doing that. So he then showed us a coaching session of, of teaching this lady how to juggle, and he coached her through it. And it was so much of a different experience. It was something I wasn't anticipating. And it was pretty profound. It was asking questions, and it was asking her to find the answer, which she eventually found within. But when she did, she figured it out, and she got there. And, and there's more of an ownership to the answer to the problem by doing so. And I, you know, I found that out quite a bit, and he, he shared this other quote by the great Bruce Lee. He says, a great trainer protects his pupils from his own influence. And if you think about how good you know, Bruce Lee is and, and what a profound quote that really becomes, basically what they're saying is, is the best instructors out there doesn't put their own influence. And think about the way we're educated. I mean, think the way we go through our own education system, the way we went through you know, high school and college. I mean, basically, they're just barking at us 
we're sponges and then it's it's a matter of memorization and throwing back but are we really being taught how to think and are we really being taught how to apply this thinking methodology to our own lives so you know through all that stuff i thought that you know a lot of that was pretty important you know and and he said another quote which is something that again project managers out there they're listening i've said this my entire life in terms of project management but not in terms of coaching and so one of the biggest objections i always run into is you know especially in consulting is you know let's say i go into a new industry and say you know manufacturing and so i'm working with a manufacturing their client and they'll go well have you ever run a project that that's manufactured cars I said well no well, you know, then you can't be a project manager here. And I'd say, but why? They go, well, you know, we're looking for somebody who's got project management expertise in manufacturing cars. I said, yeah, but you've got 10,000 people here that are experts in manufacturing cars. I'm an expert in project management. I can help bring that process to the people that are manufacturing cars and, and educate them in the process of project management. You're not hiring me because I'm a car manufacturer you're hiring me because I'm an expert in project management. And the same thing goes for coaching. Coaches don't have to be an expert in, you know, I don't, I could coach technically, uh, you know, the CEO of Ford if I'm an expert in a coaching process, if I'm an expert in understanding how to listen and how to get the answers from within and really provide the, the help and guidance people are looking for um, without having to be you know, an expert in that specific industry or things of that sort. And it's a pretty profound statement because the power itself is in the process, not the coach, right? The, the coaching itself is a, is a process that happens as people go through things. Um, it, it's not necessarily within the coach. Obviously, the coach needs to be very good, needs to be well-versed in the process. Um, but the power itself is in the process not the coach, so that you don't need to ha- know how to do something uh, to improve performance. And the case in point is, you know, I learned, I juggled for the first time at this conference. Never been able to juggle in my life. Somebody coached me on how to juggle, and I actually went through, I think, six or seven cycles of juggling balls for the first time. Um, and that person that helped me through that has never juggled in his life, yet he helped me through doing that piece. And so the final quote on coaching and, and Christian, um, to wrap it up, uh, one of the key learning points they said is, if you fail to go within, then you'll go without. And I found that pretty compelling as well. The answers are inside of you. And, and, and sometimes you need that coach. I'm an auditory thinker. It's why I like to do radio shows as well. Um, and my great friend and, and partner um, in, in my business and my partner in life is Carrie Blaze. And I love calling Carrie when I've got a problem. And sometimes Carrie doesn't even talk. Sometimes I just, you know, will talk to Carrie for 10 minutes and I'll work the problem out myself. But I just need to have somebody there and somebody with me who will be there. And a lot of times Carrie does help me solve the problem. He asks, but, but he does it in terms of asking questions. He doesn't know how to solve the problem himself. But he asks me the right questions to make me search within myself to find the answer. And I think that that's the great thing of having partners and friends and people that you can bounce things off because we can't do any of this stuff alone, gang. You're not going to change your beliefs or behaviors, um, change your downhill habits or anything like that.
by yourself. You, you got to have a great support system and inner circle that you that you know, love, and trust that's going to help you. That and Carrie Blaze has been that person for me for a very, very long time. But um, I found that interesting. So that that was some of the things I learned from Roddy, uh, from Christian, also from Paul Martinelli, um, and you know now have have committed to these guys personally and professionally and financially for that matter. Uh, to allow them to mentor me so that that I can begin uh, to grow and change some of my downhill habits and continue to the uphill side. When we come back, we're going to talk about one of the commitments I made to myself during this training. We'll talk about uh, the No Day But Today platform uh, and uh, what's going to be coming up in the future for uh, not only Rick Morris but R-Squared Consulting. So we hope you'll come back and join us for the last segment of the Work-Life Balance. You're listening to Rick Morris. Today, every business is in the software business. And business is booming. That's because we live in an application-driven world where the lines between physical and digital are blurrier every day. It's a world where billions of connected things talk to each other. Where agility is the new driver of competitive advantage. Where applications aren't just part of your brand. They are your brand. All of this means you have a new mandate. Build the apps that will drive the future of your business and satisfy demanding customers, or fall behind. Only CA Technologies has the years of expertise and the end-to-end portfolio of software solutions to help you plan, build, manage, secure, and scale the applications at the heart of your modern enterprise. To learn how your business can thrive, visit rewrite.ca.com, your exclusive source for insights from the cutting edge of the application economy. This is not a radio ad. It's a collection of computers, servers, transmitters, satellites, and receivers, all powered by the most transformative force in business today, software. Just think about how many applications you have within reach at this very moment. And not just on your phone. If you're in your car, software is powering the GPS that guides you. Turn left ahead. The digital road signs that direct you onward. And the engine computer that keeps you moving. Soon, software will even replace you as the driver. Switching to auto drive mode. This is life in the application economy. And the opportunities for businesses are endless. But only if you have the tools to seize them. From planning to development to management to security, end-to-end software solutions from CA Technologies can help your business succeed in this new application-driven world. Learn how at rewrite.ca.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. And welcome back to the final segment of the Work-Life Balance on this Good Friday edition. We've been talking about what I learned from John Maxwell and uh, wanted to close with a commitment that I made there. Uh, something that I found uh, to to be calling me and, and tell a, a brief personal story. So, 
Um, those that know me know that uh, I was personally moved by a, a play, a Broadway play, uh, called Rent. And if you guys don't know the story, uh, there's a, a great play out there uh, written by the uh, gentleman by the name of Jonathan Larson. Jonathan wanted to revolutionize the, the rock musical on Broadway, wanted to really change a lot of things. And to make a long story short, on his behalf, he, um, he achieved a lot of that in, on the night uh, after dress rehearsals and before it went into previews and before they opened it up for friends and family. The, the show had just done dress rehearsals, had fantastic you know, night. He was being interviewed by um, New York Times. Everything was looking up. He was feeling a little tired, went home that evening, uh, and he passed away. So he never actually got to see the play open for friends and family in previews or actually make it to Broadway. And uh, the play itself is about love and loss and about really how to say goodbye to people and, and about seasons and friends and, and, and love. And there was so much of Jonathan in this play. There was so much personally about him. And there's this affirmation in the play uh, that that goes uh, there. There's only us. There's only this. Forget regret or life is yours to miss. No other path. No other way. No day but today. And that was so moving to me. And that that that's in song. That's in verse. And it, it's woven throughout the play. And it was just so powerful to me. And when you learn the story of Jonathan, it just it becomes tenfold. And uh, it, it just really moved me. And and I had been wanting to to write a motivational series and, and work around that. And so about five years ago, I started down this path. It was right around the 15-year anniversary of Jonathan. I had it all set up. I was going to do it at the Life Cafe where uh, he had written a play. And I let somebody tell me no. Uh, I let somebody tell me it couldn't be done. I let somebody tell me uh, that, that I couldn't have certain rights to certain things. And I basically took the easy road out. And what was amazing is when I was at this training, I, I heard my calling. You know, I, I always felt that I was called to tell the story. I was always felt that I was called to to go down this path and and, and really do this series, write the book, and, and and use the the personal growth side of, of knowing what I know as a project manager and helping people organize themselves and goals and things of that sort with the motivational side of of this story to tie all of this together. To really help people, and uh, what I heard, you know, as I was going through this, is I wasn't ready to tell the story. It, you know, five years ago, I wasn't ready yet. You know, within the last five years, you know, almost lost both my businesses and, and had to rebuild those from scratch. Went through personal trials and tribulations that I really needed to do to to, to change again some of my downhill habits and into into uphill rewards. And, and really focus on what it means um, when we talk about no day but today. And so made the commitment to myself and, and to my family and to my business associates and everything else that this is going to happen um, and started the, the path of reopening um, this whole series. And I can't thank the John Maxwell team enough, uh, the people that I was there um, at this, this training with, uh, you know, Table 163 for that matter. And the, and the people that are with me and, and the people that are there know what I mean by that. Um, but uh, just had waves of emotion uh, listening to Roddy, listening to Christian, listening to Paul Martinelli, um, you know, Scott Fay, uh, Nick Vujicic was there, uh, and of course the great John Maxwell to reinvigorate something that um, I really believe in, something that I think needs to be done, something that I really want to make happen. 
but had let uh, some of the naysayers and, and some of the negativity uh, take away from me. And so uh, blessed to have been a part of it, blessed to, to be doing that. We'll be talking a lot more about that on the show in weeks to come. But um, So we've started the book again, have been floating that out uh, to uh, through my agent and, and some of the publishers, so we're looking for that again. But uh, so blessed to, to, to be going down this path and looking to, to tell this story. Um, but uh, reaching out to, to some of the people that were part of Rent uh, to, to help us tell the story and uh, look forward to how that's going to come to fruition. So in closing, the, the biggest thing that, that I picked up from John and, and the reason why No Day But Today is so important to me is you know his clearest message in intentional living and everything else is to value people. And for me, valuing people means connection. So my final story I wanted to share was, you know, one of the you know, social media it, it can be the bane of existence. It can be a great existence. But you know, this past Sunday, uh, it's actually Saturday night. I'm, I'm, I picked up Facebook right before I went to bed. And in 1983, I was 11 years old, and I got to dance on uh, Cinderella's Castle and uh, perform in what they call the Sparkling Christmas Spectacular. And there was a young lady who played my sister in the show. And so we've been friends since we were 11. And so you pick up Facebook, randomly see uh, that she was in my hometown. And so I got to take her out to dinner on Sunday and uh, have a connection to, to somebody that, that I've known for 30-plus years. And in the spirit of No Day But Today, in, in the spirit of connection, in the spirit of valuing people, I, I urge you in the work-life balance to make sure that you're taking time to experience life, that, that you're taking time to experience those connections and that you're reaching out to you know friends of the past and, and, and people and, and taking those chance opportunities. I mean, uh, I'm so blessed that, that I happened just to randomly pick up Facebook at that time, see her check into a hotel um, in, in, in my home city and state and uh, got to, to take my son with me and, and share old stories. And we caught up with all the people that, you know, we actually performed with uh, literally 32 years ago um, and, and just have some fellowship and, and catch up on, you know, each other's spouses and everything like that. It was, it was so much fun. Um, so my, my final parting thought to you is, is take time for that. Uh, there's no better time than today to, to reignite those connections, um, put to, you know, the past to the past and make sure that you're experiencing life in the greatest ways that you can. Uh, we look forward to, to talking to everybody next week again on the Work-Life Balance. I, I so appreciate everyone that takes the time to listen to this and, and to participate in the show. Uh, I couldn't appreciate you anymore. And uh, we look forward to talking to you next week on the Work-Life Balance. Uh, you've been listening to Rick Morris. We look forward to hearing you again next week. Thank you for joining us this week. The Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now that the weekend is here, it's time to rethink your priorities and enjoy it. We'll see you on our next show.